Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good morning, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans with the Believe in Sports Law podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. Today is Monday, October 14th. And our topic today on episode 15 in season one is on um, whether you might be interested in purchasing a sports franchise uh, in a theoretical sense, I guess, for for most of us, since buying a sports franchise has become so expensive these days. But um, ultimately, it's it's about the uh, National Football League's two potential rule changes that will be discussed, I believe, in Miami either later this week or next week uh, with regard to some ownership meetings that are going to be going on down there. And the two rule changes are pretty significant if if they do indeed uh, get passed. And the first is that the NFL looking at allowing buyers to borrow more uh, funding to purchase uh, these now billion-dollar sports franchises, uh, which essentially would raise the debt load from 12 to 33%, or for the non-numbers folks out there like myself, it essentially raises it from the ability to borrow $350 million to the ability to borrow $1 billion, which seems more in line with the cost of a sports franchise these days. When you're looking at uh, the Carolina Panthers, I think sold for $2.4 billion, and I think the um, Dallas Cowboys are worth north of 5 or $6 billion at this point. So there's definitely a call for that. And, of course, the Dodgers were sold for, uh, what was it, uh, a couple billion dollars back in, I think, 2013. So uh, obviously there's a need there for – um, allowing folks to borrow more money to uh, to purchase the franchise. And then the second rule that they're looking at is loosening the rules on owners op- owning multiple sports franchises in different leagues. So now there is um, owners like, let's say, Stan Kroenke of the Los Angeles Rams, who also owns the Colorado Avalanche, and I think the Colorado Rapids, uh, which is an MLS franchise. So... There is a lot of that going on, you know, where you sort of have, uh, you know, one one owner owning multiple teams, but it's not necessarily with the big three, meaning, you know, looking at the NBA, the NFL, and um, Major League Baseball. So in that sense, you do not see one owner in the NFL also owning a team in the NBA or one owner in the NBA also owning a team in Major League Baseball. So this is something that the NFL is considering relaxing its rules on. So this could be pretty significant. Now, when looking at some of this, you sort of have to think, well, why would the NFL do this? You know, why would they, you know, sort of allow uh, folks to borrow more money and loosen the rules on owning different franchises? Because I think the thought process, at least with this, the first part is, well, do we really want a larger pool of buyers um, when it really is sort of an elite group of owners and you want to make sure that the owners are the best of the best, right? Not that necessarily money determines that, but I think that's sort of been the thought process up to this point. 
And that, you know, ultimately that the second part with regard to loosening the rules on owners uh, running multiple franchises is that if there's one bad franchise in one league, that there's a chance that might be another bad franchise in another league. And of course, how do you, how do you monitor, you know, your interest in terms of maybe you spend too much time on one team versus another. But I think ultimately in this day and age that it's a situation where the NFL does need more buyers. They need more options, number one. And number two, they need to, uh, some of these owners, I mean, obviously they're, they're used to owning and running multiple companies. I mean, for the most part, if you look at the ownerships of professional franchises, most of them are people who own and run multiple companies and frankly have probably done that prior to owning a team. You know, so you might run a, you know, massive, you know, corporation in, in a completely unrelated field and then somehow get involved in sports. That's pretty typical. So there are really sort of three reasons why I think uh, the NFL is doing this. Uh, again, uh, you know, raising the debt limit to $1 billion from 350 and also loosening the rules on owners uh, owning different teams in different leagues. So three reasons. First is sports franchises used to cost a lot less. You know, this is something that you look at the Dodgers back in 1998 when they sold to the uh, Fox group uh, and Rupert Murdoch. He purchased that team for $314 million. So from 1998 until present day, which I think the Dodgers sold for $2.3 billion, that's a lot of, I mean, that, that, that's a, that's a huge difference. So, you know, ultimately franchises have gotten more expensive. So the NBA and the NHL has actually already introduced some rules or at least discussed some rules with regard to um, the two issues that we're talking about here in terms of increasing um, the debt levels in terms of when you're making a purchase. So this is sort of where we're at. And uh, for sports franchises cost a lot of money, and there's some reasoning behind that. You know, sports uh, sports television rights are at an all-time high and growing. There's national and international sort of fan excitement amongst the leagues, especially amongst the NBA and the uh, NFL. And then, of course, you have the merchandising. You have this sort of, you know, new stadiums, this sort of bulk up of new stadiums going around all the leagues and making them more than just functional, but, you know, so they're multi-use and entertainment and um you know i mean the padres for example have spent um, a lot of time and effort and money bringing in local vendors you know where you typically walk into a stadium and you get your your run-of-the-mill um, sort of options <clears throat> which are not necessarily bad but it's just making it more um you know specific to the local fan base which i think uh, attracts more fans but can also be more expensive and then, uh, of course, franchise expansion, you know, we're looking at bringing in new teams and you're looking at the globalization and popularity of sports, professional sports in general. You know, the cost of owning and running a professional sports franchise is, is, uh, is increased. And so, of course, the value has increased. You know, when you can sell your television rights for billions of dollars, of course, that's going to increase the value of the franchise. And so social media has obviously increased this and the awareness of brands, that sort of thing. So it's just the fact that these franchises cost more, that obviously leaves a smaller pool of owners to 
um, to get money from to purchase these teams. And there's, you know, through the history of sports, there's been tons of uh, wealthy individuals who have tried to purchase teams but have been unsuccessful. And that's partly because they didn't have enough money to uh, make the purchase. Uh, and then also partly because these owners have to approve any new owners. And so it, it's in some sense who you know, but it's also in uh, a sense of how much do you have. So this opens up a new pool of owners and we can sort of, as an example, the Dodgers, um, I believe, what was it, a couple weeks ago, added two more minority stake owners into their uh, ownership group. And it's just something that I think is going to be commonplace going forward and, um, you know, sort of see uh, these sort of owners coming in and getting into a situation where, you know, they just, um, these leagues need, um, they need more money. You know, they need to, um, you know, they need more money. They need, uh, you know, a, a larger set of owners. So we'll sort of see how that, that plays out, but that is the, Sort of first reason why I think the NFL is is um, changing its debt limit rules and loosening loosening its rules in terms of uh, owning multiple franchises. So that's the first uh, reason. The second is uh, sort of increasing price leads to increasing oversight. So with the sort of the increased sort of value of these franchises, obviously uh, with more sort of um, the old saying about, you know, to do more, more is given much as, you know, much is acquired. And so it's like, I think the idea is here is with these sports franchise values increasing, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot more uh, corporate sort of responsibility at stake and, and especially with sort of the corporate responsibility culture that's going on in terms of, um, you know, looking at uh, sustainability I think we just have a situation where these leagues want to make sure that they can trust, um, you know, owners. And, and I think that maybe the thought process is that an ownership group might be more sustainable than let's say one or two owners or a family. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but, um, I think that's just sort of a, a reality of where we're at today. So, uh, and I think there's some history there that we could probably look at with, you know, whether ownership groups or ownership families are better or worse for teams. I think it's just all about leadership, but we'll get into that. And then the third is really liquidity and diversification. So with streaming, sports betting, new stadiums, international development on the rise, um, you know, sports franchises need more capital to grow and keep up with the times and keep up with their competitors. So by adding investors or owners, sports franchises can hedge their bets to uh, have more liquidity to move quickly and to um, to sort of see how they can develop and handle their sort of research and development and investments. And you know, more and more these days, sports franchises are getting into different investments beyond just what's on the field and what's in the stadium. And so, uh, sort of see how that plays out. So, and then, you know, I think the other part on a personal basis is that, you know, these owners are also looking to diversify their own portfolios. And, um, and of course, it also diversifies the team's financial backing, you know, who's, who's behind the team and, and sort of where they can get uh, different resources. Now, of course, overseas, this is something that's been done already. You look at the Japanese Baseball League, the Korean Baseball League. And you can see that a lot of these sort of teams over there are, are actually the corporate uh, or corporations themselves. 
or corporate owned. So you might have, you know, um, a tire company that owns a baseball team and then literally puts the tire, the name of the tire on the front of the Jersey. And it's not just a branding thing. It's an actual, that's the team that owns it. And that's sort of the, the play that they're using there. But this is something that's not very common in the United States, maybe a little bit in soccer because soccer was sort of developed internationally and brought here. So uh, there's more of a, um, the fan base, I think in corporate sort of, um, leaders are more open to that. And we see the sort of corporate sponsors on jerseys, but again, uh, it's completely different from here than it is overseas because here we're talking about the corporate brand actually owning the, uh, sports franchise. Now, the uh, essential point here is that most successful sports franchises realize that ownership and management are two different entities. And we have to be careful there because there's a lot of history here with regard to, you know, corporations owning teams and families owning teams and sort of looking at who's best to do that. But look, at the end of the day, great managers and coaches and players win titles and great owners provide this financial stability, leadership and foundation to allow the team to succeed. Both are needed. And, um, but you know, if we forget that and if teams forget that, I think franchises will, will, will suffer and fans will grow weary. And, and I think that's something that teams need to keep in mind as you bring in more owners is to determine where's the loyalty. Is it with the product on the field or is it the bottom line? And, um, you know, I think sports in general has proven that it's not the most money that wins championships, but it's also not the least money. You know, you have to find a happy medium and, you know, sometimes teams get lucky, but for the most part, it's the teams that manage well, uh, that win in both finance and in, uh, sort of what's on the, on the field. So it's a very interesting topic and I think we'll sort of see how this plays out, you know, in the space, but, um, you know, but again, you know, I think NFL allowing, uh, more buyers in, uh, could, sort of open up some opportunities there uh, for, especially with the ability to borrow additional money. And then it should be interesting too, to see what some owners do with regard to the ability to own multiple franchises in different leagues. I think it would be interesting to see how might a, let's say Robert Kraft owned Patriots franchise look in the NBA or, or uh, owning a major league baseball team. You know, I mean, I think, you know, think about that, you know, in terms of maybe of a Stan Kroenke owning a Major League Baseball franchise or whatever it may be. I think, um, you know, different values for each of the leagues. And, and, and I think that, that, you know, that may be a good thing, opening up the doors there and, and seeing how that plays out. So, again, this has uh, been um, a sort of interesting uh, subject, and I guess we'll sort of see how it plays out. But it definitely has become somewhat easier in, uh, in terms of buying a professional sports franchise. So folks, this has been, uh, Jeremy Evans with the believe in sports law podcast. This has been episode 15 today is uh, Monday, October 14th. And we'll look forward to being back, uh, next week. Thank you. And have a great day. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.